0: To another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. And with me, post game after a epic Minnesota Link Chicago Sky game, is Chris Pennett. Chris, oh my god, there's so much to talk about. In the after the first three games of the season for the Chicago Sky, man, I don't even know where to start, Chris. <laughs> Just tell me right now, how are you feeling about this team? They're two and one. They've had one. Incredible game against the Sparks where they just really showed that showed the league really that they are championship contenders and you have two really close games with a two point game with the eight or a one point game with aces where Ellie Quigley hits that game winning shot over Jackie Young and you know tonight where they the sky just fall a little bit short after three opportunities at the rim. Um what are your thoughts on this this where this team is at right now? And uh
1: yeah, let's just start out there. Well, we we heard in the post game press conference. First of all, let's talk about the season. One, how still I am against sports going on right now, just because of the danger factor. But man, I'm excited. <laughs> we, <Yeah>. got, <laughs> we got we got triple header basketball every night now. The the NBA is back too. It's wall to wall basketball. When I was a kid, I lived for stuff like this. Everybody hated the back to backs and the four and uh, the three and five nights or four and five nights. I love that because I wanted sports to be on as much as possible. So it's like I'm a kid again. That said, I'm exhausted just from <laughs> having to check three games and five nights. So you know the players are exhausted and they're playing against Saturday. That was a big point of emphasis uh, in the post-game press conference tonight. And I know it's going to be a point of emphasis for the team. The sky have looked good, which mm-hmm. I think is funny because you can tell from James Wade his attitude that he does not feel that they played their best. That first game he wrote off is they're not, they didn't have a reference game, but he brought that up tonight and he said that they've waited. They waited too long talking about the game, the win against Vegas and the loss tonight against the Lynx. but they waited too long to get into the game and uh, make an effort to win it. And I know that's him and the team being tough on themselves and really wanting to fill that championship uh, medal. Within themselves, want to get everything perfect. But I think the sky have looked very good in in a lot of phases. Their defense was pr- pretty rugged tonight. Mm-hmm. They held Sylvia Fowles down as as best they could. Nafisa Collier got loose for a twenty ten game, but a lot of that was was a lot of open looks that she got in the fourth quarter. That was when the Sky's defense really faltered. But they even though they had to fight through a deficit against uh, Las Vegas, and they had to fight through a deficit tonight against Minnesota. Obviously, there's a lot of teams in the in the WNBA with offensive firepower. But Angel McCautry and Asia, Asia Wilson are a really tough duo to handle. This guy have always had difficulties with Minnesota's interior scoring uh, with Sylvia Fowles and Nafisa Collier. Crystal Dangerfield looked really good tonight yeah. at that point. But I think that they've looked very good in phases – uh, throughout these first three games. The game against the Sparks, obviously, was the big coming-out party. So I think he's and the team are right. They have to shore up a lot of things uh, defensively, and they have to shore up things offensively, how to handle pressure. But 2-1 and is not bad. It just depends on how they keep going on this stretch now because they're going to be playing every other day for, I believe, the next week.
0: Yeah, no, they've got um... – a rough sl- I mean, like every WNBA team has a rough slate ahead of them with this season, game after game after game. But in terms of the sky, let's start off with the positives, because I think it's important to note that they're doing this while not really being at 100%. Steph True. Dolson and Diamond to Shields both are kind of hampered with injuries right now. Steph is going to shed that boot that she has been wearing since the team got to the wobble. Um, but also, Diamond played 14 minutes in the first game. She played 24 the next game. I don't remember how much she played in with uh, the... So, uh, 23 23 tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, your best player isn't... out. I mean, your superstar, I should say. Courtney VanderSloot, VanderSloot is their best player. Um, but, you know, Diamond wasn't out there for, you know, 30 minutes a night for them the first three games. And Allie Quigley also kind of started off slow from beyond the arc. She hasn't been the dead-eye shooter that we know her to be and with that said the sky are just hanging in with these teams right now you know what i mean like they're playing probably at like 80 percent capacity right now and you know they still don't have cindy colson who they again everyone on that team keeps talking about how important she is um they don't have jantel i know we don't need to keep harping on that but that at least early on in the season and you know going along with our theme about continuity this season she's a big loss so the team has been able to win in ways that a lot of people probably didn't expect them uh, to be able to utilize this season. And a two, one start is really solid. I think this team stealing continues to be, I don't want to say infinite, but I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to see right now because really we're not even seeing this team at even 90% of what it is right now. Um, that said, I think you talked a little bit about this. The defense still needs to pick it up a little bit. Um, they need a little bit of a spark. I mean, they gave up, um, I mean, I think they're giving up nine offensive rebounds a game right now. And I checked that before this game. Um, I think they gave up 10 offensive rebounds this past game. Um, yep. But Azrae Stevens looks great protecting the rim in these first three games. Like, no one's going to be able to defend Sylvia Fowles. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to defend players like her, Brittany Greiner, um, right. those kind of players that have that kind of size. But Azrae, man, she looked so good, not just offensively. You have to really get like, tip your... Hat to her with what she's been able to do on the defensive end for this team because I think she does add an extra layer to that defense um, with her six six frame and they didn't have that last season you know they like we talked about in the last pod she what was it she uh, the sky gave up thirty seven points per game in the paint last year and right. I think we're going to see that hopefully we'll see that go down and I think Asra is going to be a big part of that
1: I think so too. The the difficulty that I've seen Azare have is, she loses a bit on the first step if she gets pulled out to the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So, and the Sky have had some issues with switching. Uh, the Lynx got a lot of success on perimeter ball screens and then dive cuts, and they got Gabby switched on to Demiris Dantas a lot, and sometimes Sylvia, sometimes Nafisa Collier. And so the Lynx were really attacking the, the moments when Gabby was in for small ball and at the four, and they were able to get some easy shots and some shooting fouls down there. And Azare has helped, has trouble when she switched out to the perimeter, not necessarily on guards, on forwards with a quick first step like Nafisa Collier has and like Damir Stantzis has, just with the ability to shoot from range. So it's going to be difficult for them... Uh, they might they might give up a bit there. I I noticed in the first half of that first game against the Aces, even so she even though she had such a great first half, she was getting scored upon, so her plus minus was pretty close to even. Mm-hmm. But when she is in the when she's on the interior, her height and length deter a lot of shots and it freaks things up as we saw in the first quarter for rebounds from the weak side. So Cheyenne Parker and Kalia Copper especially are going to be able to fly in and get some easier rebounds just because of the fact that Z is in and vice versa uh, with boxing out or occupying the rebounders for other teams.
0: Yeah. Again, I just think there's so much improvement that this team – that we'll see from this team over the next few weeks. And and I'm saying that being so high on this team. I don't know about you, man, but – I really think you got to put the sky in the same tier as the storm. I know they were upset today against the Mystics. Um, and I think we're going to start shifting our mindset against, you know, for what the Mystics can be this season. I mean, I picked Ariel Atkins to be the defensive player of the year, but I wasn't really sure about that pick because I didn't think the Mystics were going to be as good as they are. And they are just, they, without their four best players, they are able to start off the season undefeated, man. I I can't believe what coach T is doing over there, but maybe I'm uh, naive for even thinking that he can't pull something together like this. So when I think about the sky right now, I do think that they are in the upper echelon. And I think that it's easy to just say that in the preseason. Like, again, I've been so high on this team getting back to the Azrae Stevens acquisition, but now that we've seen three games and we're seeing what Gabby has been able to do as a offensive threat, not just as a shooter. I know she struggled tonight, but, her court vision has improved dramatically. She's making a lot of passes that, you know, have caught the attention of Courtney Vandersloot. You know, with Kalia Copper is also, I was trying to think about like how to describe her improvement. And I think that the only way you can do it is just say that she's just a more enhanced version of her 2019 self. Um, Mm -hmm. The way she's still getting to the rim. She's still, you know, doing all the things that she did well last year, but she's just doing it in a way that, I mean, she just looks quicker she looks just more efficient out there. Um, The numbers back that up. And again, didn't do too much tonight, but we've seen what she can do and be a difference maker when someone like diamond can't be out there because of injuries or, you know, I just don't think that this team's ceiling is necessarily attached to diamond and to the extent that I think we thought it was in the off season. Like what we've seen from Azrae, Gabby and Kalia it just makes, it's just a different team if they continue to play the way they did, at least in the first two games, um, and Ezra in the first three, you know?
1: Definitely. It was a difficult night for Kalia tonight, especially. She uh, was two of three in the first half, and then only got three more shots up in the second half and, and uh, missed two of them. So she wasn't able to get uh, the shots that she normally she's been getting the first two games. Some of that was Minnesota's interior defense. Some of that was their pressure defense on uh, their ball pressure on the perimeter. But when she, I think, what we see different from Kalia is that she can get downhill in the half court just as much mm-hmm. as she did um, in transition last year. She was always pretty much a bucket or just pressuring the defense into into backsliding into you know just you had to back up when she was coming at you, otherwise she was just going to go by. Now she's getting those drives off curls, off screens at the top, off the horns play, even at the, even at the top of the key, she's able to get going around the screen, come downhill, slice through defenders and get to the the rim. Or if she has a bigger player on her hip, she had one really nice layup, uh, but think between fouls and Collier tonight where she just had a hesitation step and extended to the rim. And that's a play that you usually see from Courtney Vandersloot on the sky consistently. When they need a basket, Sloot will come off of a screen. And, you know, since the players are – since the other team is usually looking for her to pass, she uses that, gets them on the hip, and then goes to the basket. is doing that off speed and guile now. So yeah. that's a different aspect to her game. Plus, you know, tonight notwithstanding, she has a better outside shot.
0: Definitely. Her and Gabby just – My God, they look like they've just improved so much since last year. And that's, you know, when they're running like nine deep right now, that's just going to be so important for this team moving forward. Um, But with that in mind, Chris, the team, and I know Nick Diendorf pointed this out. um, So I want to give credit to him for this thought, but the team did look a little bit tired at certain points during this game against the Lynx. And, you know, they led the league in pace last year. I'm sure that's the playing style they want to, continue to play um, just because they they know that they could be successful with it and the offense was not the problem for the team last year no so I I feel like they might have to learn to win in different ways potentially if you know if the season's just going to continue to drag along like this where they're playing over like you know back to back to back games or like with three games and five games I should say like they haven't so far I mean I think that they might have to make an adjustment or learn to win in different ways but again it's also I feel weird saying that because, again, they're not at 100%. They're going to be a different team when Steph and Diamond are out on the floor. And um, maybe they'll have fresher legs. I mean, where are you at with that?
1: No, I think you're right. They're going to have to learn to win in different ways. Tonight was a game that they were in all the way up until that fourth quarter where you saw legs begin to falter. I mean, Allie Quigley was short on her first two shots of the game. So it was, I think it was obvious that there was fatigue, Uh, there was a fatigue factor in there, but they stayed in the game and they were able to come back when the deficit got to three or five. And I believe they took the lead midway through the third quarter before falling behind again. And then that lead got to uh, 12 at one point in the fourth quarter before they fought back uphill, kind of like that first game against the Aces. But like Coach said tonight, they're going to have to be able to win when their offense is not on fire, when they're not getting out in transition that much. They're going to have to figure out a way to attack ball pressure, Mm -hmm. especially against, I think, a team like Seattle, who has uh, quality defenders on the outside or in the pick and roll, and the Mystics, who have a lot of length and want to get out in transition. So they're going to try and play passing lanes. They're going to try – and disrupt the uh, the dribbler, the, the start of the offense. So when they have him again, like they had against the Sparks, it's going to be easy for this guy, but they won't be able to have as many games like that. I think just off the fact that they're playing I mean, after the mystics, they have a day, they have a two day break and then they play 10 games in 20 days. So they're really not going to be able to have all the legs that you would have in a normal season. So, they're gonna to have to figure out a way to grind out some sixty-point, seventy-point wins, even probably, even maybe, maybe even some like fifty-seven, fifty-eight-point wins. I think that's that might be out of the realm of possibility, just because mm-hmm. it, I thought it was gonna be a low-scoring game tonight, and then it ended up being eighty-three, eighty-one. But they're definitely gonna to have to figure out a way to win the games in the seventies and the eighties, and some of that is gonna come with better free throw shooting. Like Cheyenne yeah. was eight for eight tonight. But the Sky were 6 11 at the half, and they they finished uh, 13 of 17, which isn't bad. But some of the some of the foul shots that they missed early kind of put them in a in a bit of a hole. So, but I think you're right. Point blank period. I think you're right. They're going to have to learn to win different games when they're not shooting well, uh, when Allie Quigley is not hitting as much as she she normally would be and when you have players out like Steph because nobody's going to be able to avoid injuries the rest of the season and you know just going off of what you said about
0: Allie Quigley she's not going to go one for eight every game I know she struggled a little bit so far this season but she's one of the best shooters in the world you know even Courtney Banners said that in the uh, post game tonight so you know Allie's going to figure it out not too worried about that Gabby going four for six from three-point range in the first two games and then going 0 for 6 today. You know, maybe she doesn't have to be taking, five, you know, six threes a game uh, to be an effective offensive player. You probably won't see that too much from her this season. But one bad game does not sum up what she's going to be for this team this season. This team is just going to work things out. Again, just waiting on Diamond to get back to full health. And it's important to note, too, that, James Wade said in the pregame that they're taking it day by day with Diamond. She did look a little bit like her normal self tonight, even though, again, the numbers would suggest that she had a quiet night. She made some huge plays, especially on the defensive end. I don't know what she finished with in terms of steals, um, but she had a couple of them tonight where she just turned defense into offense and that's her entire game. And she's thrived as that kind of player throughout her career in her, at least in her first two years in Chicago, um, That's what made her an all-star last year. So Diamond, once she gets back and maybe they're able to play, you know, she's able to play 30, 35 minutes. I think this team is just going to look so much different. And even that said, they already look pretty damn good. Um, so that's true. I don't know, man, there's a lot to be positive about. And uh, I think there's just something to be said for this team, really going through something last year and then coming out and with a, just a
1: different energy this year. Um, have you felt that at all? Yeah, they, I mean, last year was not a, a year where the team felt unsure of themselves, but they didn't have the experience um, to a player of getting to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, playoff series, you know, technically still, or and being in, being that close to the semifinals other than Courtney and Allie mm-hmm. uh, from that finals run. And that was when they weren't as uh, large prongs or long, uh, large uh, keys to the offense. So I think that was a year of growth. And now this is a year where, I mean, as said it in the press conference, they think they are going to win the championship. They're coming in every day with the focus that they are preparing for a championship win at the end of the season. And it's important for a team to have that. But it's also important to know what that means in preparation and execution. And so I think that's what, why you got a lot of what you got from Coach and the players tonight where they felt that they should have won the game, they should have played better against a team that's given them so many problems and against a team that they were somewhat rattled by defensively. They felt that they did not play well at all in a game where, uh, speaking of Gabby Williams, she rimmed two threes. And if she hits those two threes, yeah. we're talking about a four-point win instead of a two-point loss. You know, a couple of those shots really just went in and out. So I think that says a lot about the mentality of this team and what they're, what they're looking forward to. It's going to, uh, the proof is going to be in playing the games to see how they taste, to see how that resilient they are and to see how resilient every team is with this compressed schedule. But I think that says something right now already three games in that says a lot more than the two and one record. The sky could be one and two. And I I think they would be saying the same things. So I'm, I believe this team more than I know. You were you were very optimistic, and I, uh, so was Arya Schwartz uh, when we talked with him. And I'm always kind of a cynic and cautious about these things, but just the way that they're talking and the way that they played, I believe in this team making a run to the finals. this This game against the Mystics is gonna is going to say a lot. Mm-hmm. I think even the games against the game against Dallas is going to say a lot with their uh, with their new players that they have with uh, uh, the reuniting with Katie Lou do. But I I believe in this team. I believe fully in this team's capability and willingness to make, to do what they need to do to make a run to the WNBA finals this year.
0: I'm with you. And you said that this team could be one and two, and that's absolutely correct. They, you know, a lot of people doubted them going um, in that final stretch until Allie Quigley hit that r- real clutch three point shot. But they also could be 3-0 and easily. I mean, Gabby True. had that well, at the end of the game. I really thought that she was – That was Gabby. the
1: same play that they ran against the Liberty at the end of the half last year, and I was I – saw, I saw that happen, and I was like, perfect. She's going to bank it in, and we're going overtime.
0: Yep. It was a clear look, and, you know, Gabby probably makes that play like seven times out of ten, you know? Like, that's a play that she's able to – that she's capable of making um, and this team could easily be three, and Um, you're right. We're going to see, they're going to have a test on Saturday against a really hot mystics team that are just really in fuck you mode. I don't really know how else to describe it. They're in just fuck you mode. And just saying that you guys really think that we can't pull this off. Like, you know, Leilani <laughs> Mitchell, Ariel Atkins, Emma Misa. I mean, that's a really solid core that you had. Um, I just didn't think they were going to be one of the top teams in the league so far. I mean, that's really uh you got to – what Coach T's doing over there is incredible. Um, you know, and, again, it's, it's going to be a really fun season seeing some of these other teams that, again, I'm really high on the Indiana Fever. I know they're kind of like a week behind right now um, in terms of getting everyone settled after a late arrival. Um, but I'm excited about them bringing in uh, Lauren Cox coming in, and she's going to – Really bring it. I think she said that she wants to be able to stretch the floor so that that fit with her and Tierra McCowan makes sense. Um, that they can work together on the court. Um, their backcourt is loaded and they've got a lot of depth there. I just like where the, that team's at. The, the Atlanta Dream looks so impressive, and Kennedy Carter looks so legit. Oh my god, I'm really excited to see her in the W. She's I mean, a just, ball
1: player, man. Yeah, her man. crossover is a killer.
0: And her shooting ability, too. I mean, she's just – again, I don't want to just say that she reminds me of Arike just because we're coming off a season where she blew all of our minds um, and what she was able to do. But she does have that kind of – just like shades of Arike. And uh, I'm excited about her. But there's just a lot of teams, like even the Lynx, that are just – they can just come up and surprise you. We talked with Maggie Hendricks where she said this is a year where she wouldn't be surprised even if the Liberty – would win the, like, win the NBA or WNBA championship. No, she was joking wow. when she said that. I'm like, wait
1: a second. You're yeah, no, right. she was You're joking. Right. She was
0: joking. Don't worry, Maggie. I'm not trying to slander your WNBA credibility <laughs> here. But she's right. It does feel like a season where anything can really happen. And the Mystics and Dream really showed that. The Lynx have showed that. But through all of that, just to get back to the team that we cover, I really see that um, I mean, the Sky are so legit. And I think that people are really seeing what – We've, we have seen from this team in the last year that this is a team ready to win a championship and they have the talent to do so.
1: Without a doubt. I, I can't agree more. We've we've gone over it in spades. The game against the Sparks, I think, really proved it. Um, even the game against the Aces, coming back from that, scoring the final 11 points of the game, yeah. uh, I think really proved that. And just in a game where you know that there's going to be a lot of fouls called because uh, our old friend, Kevin Fahey was on the officiating crew. This guy were able to take advantage as much as they possibly could. Got Skilvia fouls and foul trouble. And she ended up fouling out of the game. And they went on a similar run to Sunday at the end of the game. And uh, Diamond, we talked, you talked about Diamond to shields getting steal. she had three steals and she just took the ball away from Shanice Johnson And even though Diamond doesn't have that same explosiveness, there were a couple of plays where she got the ball one-on-one on on the perimeter and looked to pass instead of drive. You can tell that she's still working her way back. She is going to assert herself where she can. And a lot of that has been defensively, or at least going, she's taken so many charges. She's taken so many hits to try and draw offensive fouls. And on that defense, she went to the ground to get a jump ball at one point. And speaking, you know, if you talk about fuck you mode, it's like fuck it mode for Diamond right now. She's trying to fit herself in wherever she can be of most use to the team. And so that is just a real testament to the sky, how they feel about each other. Uh, Azari talked about, she loves playing with her sisters on this team. And it's not like she went to school with everybody on the team, but it means a lot when you talk about uh, something, a term I learned this year, Uh, chosen family like that's that's her chosen family and she really feels at home playing with this team and i think that's accentuated her level of play so the sky are the sky are in a in a tough fight with everybody else in the league everybody like i said is going to have to learn how to play under duress so the team that is able to grind out the most and what we talked about i think the teams with the most continuity are going to have the most success and the Chicago sky is one of those teams. One thing that
0: I thought was interesting coming out of the post game press conference was how, I mean, I asked Courtney how she was adjusting to not playing with any fans. And she said, it's still an adjustment. I'm sure that all these teams are dealing with that, you know, home court advantage in the WNBA is a real thing for all the great teams in WNBA history have just dominated. And like you see just across the board that if you were a good WNBA team, you win at home, most teams do, and then you also win on the road. That is not an advantage that the top teams are going to experience this season. You know, not being able to feed off the energy at Wintrust Trust is, I think, a big thing for the sky. I don't think it's going to deter them in any way. Again, I think this is a championship level team. It's just that it's just different circumstances. So that's another la- layer of uncertainty um, for some of these teams and we're uh, just taking some time to get used to, to be honest with you. Um, but speaking of Sloot, Chris. She passed Becky Hammond on the all-time list for career assists. She, you know, now she's the fifth player on that list to lead in that category. I mean, I don't even know what, to, more, what more to say about Courtney Vandersloot that I haven't already on this podcast. One of the most underrated point guards in basketball history. Um, and I don't even need to say women's basketball. It's a given. Courtney Vandersloot, one of the most underrated point guards in basketball history. She is unbelievable. I... I mean the first game I covered, I just remember being like circling Courtney Vandersloot's name, being like, Wow, that's the that's the player I'm excited to, uh, about writing about for this upcoming season. Um, I mean, Chris, you've covered this team for a long time and you know, Courtney's been around since two thousand eleven. She's now the longest tenured player in Chicago sky history. I mean, would do you have a favorite Courtney Vandersloot moment that
1: off the top of your head that you're like, Yeah, like how has she wowed you in the past? The game against the Mystics last year where this guy broke through that uh, Elena, you know, quote-unquote Elena curse, and Sloot uh, pointed to the fans after that last free throw to to, uh, close out the scoring, because uh, like you said in the press conference, she talked about this. She said there's not going to be anything this season close to playing at home against the fans at Wintrust. There's just not anything like it. And I think you hear that from a lot of players in a lot of professional sports, uh, just because they know how much the fans care and they want to keep that relationship and not to call it saccharin, but it's part of being a professional. You have mm-hmm. to point out the fans because you're in an entertainment business and you have to kind of give them something to make their, their adoration worthwhile. Like, otherwise they're not going to come out to the game. They got to get something from you back. But she means that. Mm-hmm. She really meant that. And that game is a game where most of the sky, uh, even last year when they were in their growth stage, they were t- They were really, you know, in the mode of, we're taking things one game at a time. You know, we didn't have this game circled on the on the calendar. And that's what they were saying publicly. But you could tell that that meant something. I mean, there's so many great Courtney VanderSloot moments where she... Just you can tell that she loves her team. They love her. When she had that assist to Stephanie on on camp day to, to win against Atlanta, and jumped into her arms. When Steph Steph looked for the double low five, and and CV just jumped. <laughs> just like jumped on her for the hug. And then um, even the that assist to that play the inbounds play to Gabby to get the score against the Liberty at the horn to the half. Uh, You saw her come off. You saw her jump as soon as she she threw the ball in and Gabby hit the shot. Courtney was jumping up and down, going to half court. And Gabby's Gabby, you know. Gabby keeps it real cool. So she kind of came off. She's like, you know, I hit the shot, fell down, we're going to the half. Courtney's excited. And it's so funny because she is so, as everybody says, she's so steady on the floor, you know, whether the going's good, whether the going's bad. She's not a robot, but she's just in a zone. She's just in that kind of a zone. if you know if you play basketball just in recreation on the playground at the court like I have, you know that you're, to be a point guard, to be a good point guard in those kind of games, you have to be willing to let go of the ball your your basket your playground point guards are trying to shoot every time, right. She only shoots the ball when she needs to. Yeah. Otherwise, she's trying to get everybody involved. You, you, you asked me an unfair question, man. I could come up with so many great <laughs> answers. slip <laughs> well, Going play, up that, la-
0: yeah. I mean, going up that last point, man. She—that's what she had to do tonight. She shot 14 shots tonight. You don't really see that from Courtney, and that's what makes her again one of the greatest point guards in basketball history. Is that she's able to take over games in ways that most people can and she picks her spots. That's so much more admirable than the player that takes 25 shots and makes 10 of them. You know, like she knows how to pick her spots. She knows how to, she's a selfless player. We saw it even in last year's all-star game, like where, you know, she was still running the offense. Like it was a regular season game and she was like finding the open shooter. I'm like, Slooty, do what Chelsea's great. <laughs> Chelsea Gray is doing over here with all these insane passes. But even after that, I was just thinking, like, wow. I mean, this is just the ultimate basketball player. That's who Courtney Vandersloot is. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I continue to be blown away by her. Um, I didn't mean to just throw you a curveball there, but you're right. No, I mean, that's there's just perfect. so many. Yeah, man. I mean, there's just so many. There's just so many moments you can point to. I mean, that triple double. That was one of my favorite games yes. to cover ever. Um, being able to write that game recap was really fun. And Just seeing uh, history. I mean. I just—I I still can't believe she doesn't get the recognition she deserves. I think that's changed in the last year and a half.
1: But man, how is she only like a two-time All Star? You know, like I don't know. I—I I don't know. I think in that first year, I think I think the first year she led the league in assists, she wasn't an All Star that season. And I yeah. looked back and I was like, how is that even possible? I mean, in terms
0: of the assists, I think she's averaged again. I'm, I'm completely doing this off the top of my head, but I think it was like eight point one, eight point six, and then. Last year she was – I think she was over nine last year. Um, I think it was like nine – it was close to ten. But that's her last three seasons. And, yes, last year she finally got um, the all-star nod. But how do you not – how when you average over eight assists per game? And not many players do that. I mean, there's a disparity between Courtney VanderSloot and the number two spot in people who – you know, and people who are on the top of the list for assists per game in each of those seasons, like – Courtney's in a league of her in a league of her own. So again, just don't understand the disrespect. Um, She's not the kind of player that's so flashy where you're going to see her on every highlight reel, but then the people that actually watch her and see how she manages the game, how she really, she controls the defense with her eyes. I think that's really an underrated aspect of her game where she just looks off defenders and just is able to find an opening that most players aren't able to create because she's such a pro and,
1: a general out there, just um, <laughs> just one of my favorite players to watch out there. But Dude, that I gotta I gotta make mention of this since we're on the cast now. Mm-hmm. That play on Tuesday, where azrae Stevens had forced up a shot, or it might have been it might have been Sunday. azrae Stevens forced up a shot, and she was being defended by Asia Wilson, and she hadn't really been able to get into a rhythm. And the next time down, Slooty goes right to her side of the floor, immediately calls for Z to give her a screen. She takes the screen. The defenders follow. She whips the pass back out to Z for a three and she sinks it. That was, I think that was her first, uh, either her first basket or her first jumper of the game. And she ended up finishing with like 16 or 17 points after that. Because shooters, you know, shooters really just need to see one go down and then they get comfortable. And that was... You know, that's an assist in a basket in the book, but that's such a heady leadership play. Knowing not only that your teammate needs to get going and is a little frustrated, like you see that on the last one. you You see that on the last play. But this is a new player, right? This is a new player coming into the fold. So this is getting them acclimated to the season. That's basically telling somebody, like if you're at your job and you see somebody's going through a tough day, You come, you like, you walk over to their desk. You put like, he's like, hey, tap on the desk. It's like, hey, you want to take a walk? You need something, you got something to talk about? It's like, hey, I see everything's going all right. You're doing fine. Like, keep at it. You keep working. That was the equivalent of that. Mm -hmm. And that's such an intangible play that might be, I don't want that to be forgotten. Not only is that the type of player Courtney VanderSloot is, now Azurae Stevens knows that that's the type of team that this is. I think she already would have known with practices and just was seeing them play. But that's going to stick in her mind. And that's different games, yeah. Going forward. You know, it's different
0: being out there and, like, playing actual games where the other team is just trying to down you in, with any chance that they get, you know? Like, Ezra, I don't know, like, in those, those three games, you really see, like, what the offense can be. And, like, um, they just have unlimited potential. And Courtney drives that every time. She's the anchor um, in her durability and being able to uh, lead this team when in like a game like tonight where she really like when the team was really stagnant on offense, she's just able to lead. I'll never stop appreciating Courtney Vandersloot and watching her play because she's just, just, just magnificent. Um, you know, Chris, I think we are approaching um, all the topics that we wanted to hit. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to add before we,
1: you know, wrap all of this up? If we do a quick, a quick whip around the league, Ah, uh, sure. the Liberty, i I think I was a little overzealous in uh, I was on with the war media yesterday. Shout out to Ricky O'Donnell coming on with us to talk with uh, me and the brothers. I might have been overzealous and the Liberty could finish eleven and eleven. This would be a this will be a difficult season Ooh. for them to get on track. They had fifteen turnovers the other night against Atlanta. But Sabrina's gonna be a beast. She finished thirty three, seven and seven. and when I tuned in the game, They were double and tripling her, so she's (laughs) squeezing out of those plays and still getting shot up. She had back-to-back threes to finish the third quarter. Uh, So the Liberty are gonna be fun to watch. I I don't think they'll win that many games or make the playoffs, but they're definitely gonna be fun to watch. Atlanta, I would lock them in for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. You bring in a team like that that's more complete, even without Glory uh, Johnson, and now Courtney Williams is back at practice, so they're gonna be even better. Uh, but Kennedy Carter is such – she is the truth. Yeah. She is definitely the truth. Uh, the Lynx are going to be contending as long as Cheryl Reeve is the coach. They'll be adaptable to these kind of situations, and I think they're rugged enough to deal with the uh, tough schedule. Uh, let's see if the Mystics falter. Let's see if the Storm falter again um let's see if marianne stanley uses tiara mccowan correctly with the fever because oh my god he really needs to play more <laughs> how is she not playing more dude like maybe, I, they, maybe it's a stamina thing that we just don't know about because it, it's harder for, for for bigger players to to get as much time as you want but they need her on the floor well i
0: heard something again i just saw this floating around on twitter so who the fuck knows if it's true 90 percent of twitter is false but like Tierra McCowan. I thought I heard something about how um, Stanley was saying that it was a matchup, like the center because of a matchup um, that they were going up against there. And I don't quite understand, like when you have someone who could be like an MVP someday. I think I really think that Tierra McCowan is that kind of player and is going to be able to be a post player that is indispensable for that team to come um, in the years to come. Excuse me. I, I just don't get how you don't play her. She's going to be – she's someone that really frees up everyone, like everyone on the perimeter. All, like, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't get that at all. But the Fever are going to be solid this year, even despite that really weird first day um, or first game. So did, who else excites you? Uh, did you get a chance to
1: check out the Storm at all? I, I watched the Storm's game the other night against um, uh, against Minnesota the other night, and mm-hmm. they blew them out. You know that was a clean blowout, and that's against a Minnesota team that had everybody we saw tonight. Um, Want to take some time to say, uh, get well soon to Kareemah Chris, Christmas Kelly. Yeah. That was a terrible injury. I I hate that I knew right off the bat that that was an Achilles tear because the way she went down, it was non-contact, and she grabbed her ankle. But that's yeah. a big loss for them, and I you know it was it was right after the, the whistle blew in the first half uh, to start the game so I think they might have lost a little bit there in that game but Seattle for their part looked really really good against Minnesota so I think that's just what life in the, in the Wubble is going to be some nights you look really great other nights you look like you're a step behind but yeah. those are the teams I think are going to rise up I'm worried about the Mercury I'm, I'm honestly worried about them They have gotten off to an 0-3 start now. And a team like Indiana, who is still finding their identity, they're a new head coach, they're still mixing players in. They'll have Lauren Cox. Um, They've got Lauren Cox right in Indiana? Or is that Dallas? No, no,
0: Lauren Cox is in Indiana, and she is working her way back. I think she she arrived with the team a little bit later. So she is – I think she was off the injury report of – Okay. It was either yesterday. Um, I, I honestly, there's so many games right now that I'm just trying to keep up with everything um, early on in the season. But um, you know, Laura Cox is off the injury list, and also Kathleen Doyle is listed as questionable for. That's you, That's your that's your girl from Iowa. Yeah, man. Oh my God, I'm so excited to see her play, um, even if it's only a few minutes per game. But um, you know, I'm excited to see what that team's going to be able to do because. I kind of think that they could be the sky of last year. To be honest with you, maybe mm-hmm. that might be the dream. Honestly, who again? It, it's really hard to give a label to the, uh, to them. But I mean, I, the Fever could easily be a playoff team. And if you told me they were like the sixty this year, and again, I think that's their ceiling. It wouldn't surprise me. The team has depth, and uh, that team is really solid in what they can do if they point to McCowan. Um, sure. So that's going to be big, but. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. The Mercury have a lot of question marks. Um, I mean, if Jasmine Thomas and Dewanna Bonner balled out in the way that they did and they're still not able to uh, – I'm talking about the Sun now. Excuse me. I am going to say, wait. Yeah, wait. Sorry, I still associate Dewanna Bonner with uh, the it's Mercury. It's hard,
1: right? It's so hard to get away from that.
0: But, um, no, I mean, the Mercury, again, like third team that I wasn't too high on going into the, this season, um, I didn't view them as like a top two, three team like a lot of these other – People yeah, I was
1: surprised about that.
0: You know, like there's just the depth's not there. I mean, I mean they even have Kia Vaughn coming back from who played in Turkey last year, and she's going to be a part of that team. The bench isn't that. Again, they got some nice pieces, but I don't think that like they're going to set the world on fire like some like like the storm. Like I think that the difference between the storm and the Mercury is so vast, and to put them in the kind of the same category like a lot of people did, I'm just. I, I wasn't there to be honest with you. Um, the sun too. I mean, that's another team, like again, going back to, uh, they just lost again tonight. Yeah. That's again, that's over three for them now. Oh, for three. And again, they're missing John Quayle Jones, you know, and again, a Bonner and Jasmine Thomas, both are just, they just went off in the first couple games of the season. And for them to see those players play the way that they do, and they can't pull out a W. I mean, come on, man. This team is, that team is just not going to go that far. And I don't think that's an overreaction, even though we're only three games into the season.
1: It's tough. It's like, and we all know it's, it's tough to uh, acclimate right now with yeah. the schedule, with still kind of getting everybody's legs back. Speaking of the fever, Erica Wheeler's due to come back in soon and Victoria Vivians is coming off her first season with injury. And so it's new players getting acclimated to a new team and, um, But like you said, Duana Bonner is playing like the Duana Bonner we expect. And the Sun are still 0-3. So you can't afford to go on a slump where you lose five or six games because then even if you went out, you're you're 16-6 and and you're not going to win out. You're not going to win 16 straight in any, I think in any season, whether it's 22 games or 36. Mm -hmm. So the, the Mercury have to pick up their first win quick. Same thing for the Sun. Otherwise they're going to face a lot of questions and I, I don't expect to see, I don't expect to see like fire sales or, or, you know, trades trying to bankroll for the future. But I think a lot of, a lot of people's expectations are going to get turned around pretty soon. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of season left. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot that can happen, but I think that we, um, in terms of the team that we're covering, man, I kind of, I really like where they're heading, and I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the season. We've got 19 more games left, so a lot of season left to cover. A lot of these teams can bounce back. It wouldn't surprise me if they do. I know the Seattle Storm, they're not going to play a ton of games like they played tonight where I think what Brianna Stewart, Natasha Howard, and Sue Bird all combined for like 21 points something, or maybe like 26 points or something like that. I mean, those players are going to pick it up. Brianna Stewart's not going to be shoot five for 14 from the field most games. And, um, you know, a lot of season left, but I think there's a lot of positivities coming out of Chicago um, from the wobble, I should say. So um, yeah, Chris, I'm, thanks for doing this. So late, you know, eleven eighteen 18, our time. Glad that we got a chance to hop on the pod and uh, hopefully we'll be able to pick this back up again next week too, as a couple more games uh, transpire.
1: I love it. Honestly, when you have, when you have exciting nights like this and, you know, loss or win, this was an exciting night of basketball. You just have that energy. You get that residual energy, even though we're not anywhere close. So I'm a journalist, but as our friend Ari says, the WNBA is so important and it's important for us to be fans of the league as well. So as much as I'm tweeting my observations in the first half it gets a lot harder in the second half when i'm hanging on every possession <laughs> it's just good to have good basketball in chicago which is something we can't
0: uh we can't say over the last few years man so um i'm really glad that um in that respect too i'm glad that uh, this team is really pulling together right now but again lots of season left to cover chris thanks for uh
1: you know joining me again and uh let's do this again soon for sure, y'all. Follow us on Twitter at Skyhookin. I'm on as QuandaryKitten, K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y-Kitten. James, let them know how to find you. Hey, man, you can find me at at
0: James underscore M underscore K-A-Y. And if also, if you want to contact us, you can always do so by emailing our mailbag, which is the Skyhookmailbag at gmail.com. One more time, that is the mailbag at gmail.com. And definitely follow the Windsider Podcast Network. Um, you know, I'm assuming all of you are Sky fans, but if you are looking for content from other teams, the Windsider Podcast Network has a podcast for every team, and definitely check that out. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our show is also available on those platforms and Google Play. And yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's all the plugs we have for tonight. But um, you know. <laughs> i'm sure that that will build over the course of the season so um chris great talking with you man you too